With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. Now jobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Germany's chancellor says they must become the best equipped armed force in Europe. What could possibly go wrong? You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Barbarossa Cheeseman. I'm Chad. When they zig, you zag. So wash. And I'm leaving in control of the buttons today, Fanny Benazza. <laughs> and on this episode, the EU gets serious about minimum wage, a game of buy or sell, and of course, the Queen. Let's do this. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. Chad, what's the zig and zag? We'll talk about it. This is, you know, I'm leading up. This is a tease. Ah, the yes. tease. Okay. My bad. My it's bad. All, it's all the tease, all the tease. So, Levin, how do you feel about being in control? It's a big responsibility. I mean, it's stress and there are so many buttons I want to push and I'm not allowed <laughs> to push them because it's not the time yet to push them. I would like to do the applause, for example. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do the applause, but you get the point. It's, uh, it's stress, yeah. totally stressed out. <laughs> totally stressed out. You look stressed, Levin. You look really yes. stressed. I know, I know. Really Even my, my glass is empty. Oh. <laughs> will, 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 will some shout outs relax you a little bit? Would some shout outs ease your mind? Shout your way. Excellent. Chad? First shout out goes to my wife. That's right. Happy sixth anniversary to Julie on this 21st day of September. But I really don't get a link with Earth, Wind and Fire. The name of the song is September, which is what we are. And they talk about the 21st of September, which is the day we were married and the day this podcast comes out. Okay, so romantic. Was that done on purpose? Like when you were thinking about dates to get married, did you say Earth, Wind and Fire inspired? Let's do the 21st of September. We actually met on the 21st of September. Wow, that's pretty romantic, Sowash. I like that. That's what I got. 
And you know what else is romantic? David Beckham's love of the Queen. That's right. My shout out goes goes to the England footballer and pop icon, uh, David Beckham. He talked to CNN last week and revealed that he had spent over 12 hours waiting in line to pay his respects to Her Majesty. He told CNN, quote, something like this today is meant to be shared together. So, you know, the fact that we've been here, we're eating Pringles, we're eating Sherbert lemons, whatever the fuck that is, sandwiches and coffee. Pringles, by the way, is proudly made in America, so I'm glad that the Brits are eating Pringles. Uh, Posh Spice, however, was not in line with uh, with her man like your woman would be with you, Chad. Uh, Posh had better things to do. She shared her love for the queen on Instagram, kept it simple. But uh, irregardless, no one royals like the royals and no one royals like David Beckham. Shout out to Bex. We're giving a shout out for a guy for finally being able to be a regular human being and stand in fucking line. I mean, that was the shout out. David Beckham, way to go. You're acting like you all just the other wasted citizens. everyone's time with your anniversary. <laughs> I can waste everyone's time with with a Pringles reference. That's not a waste. Everybody wants to know when, you know, we have little things. I want to know what Levens is because he didn't have one when we talked about no, no. shout out two minutes ago. Not going to waste anyone's time with shout outs. Let's go to the topics. <laughs> uh, where are we going next month, Chad? Ooh, well, we're actually, I think we're actually going to see Levin this time around when we go to Paris on September yes. 12th yep. and 13th. Are, 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 are you yes. in, Levin? Are you finally locked in? I'm totally in, even though those people from Unleash, they keep ignoring me, but I'm totally in. <laughs> I told you we got you covered, man. Know, Don't worry know, about it. I know. You got me covered. That's that's what it, it, this is all about. Family. We got you covered. Uh, <laughs> nice. You got You can also catch the Vonk with Chad and Cheese in Paris. Uh, we're gonna have yes. a rooftop rooftop pre conference party overlooking the Paris skyline, and we'll have more details coming your way. If you do not have a ticket, what's your problem? It's Paris. It's Unleash. Go to chadcheese.com. Click on the events. In the upper right-hand corner, you go down to Unleash Paris, click on that, and we have a 20% discount link, kids. Go there, get some money off. I pressed it right. I was really pushing for a party at the top of the Eiffel Tower and calling it just the tip with Chad and Cheese. But unfortunately, Eiffel Tower is way too expensive for our budget, so we we (laughs) can't do that. But we are going to the Moulin Rouge, aren't we? We are. We are. I already made reservations. We're going to have dinner in the Moulin Rouge, and that's why we're going. I don't really know what to expect. Is it just dancing women? Well, yeah. Well, first off, you haven't been there before, so we can't tell you because this is a surprise. I've been there tons of times. Well, I can Google it. Why would you do that? Just enjoy the experience. You want me to go in totally blind? All right. Yes, of course. Of course. I can do that. Like most of what you do. uh, Like the Americans on D-Day, we're going in blind, people. We don't know what we're going right, to find. That's right, kids. Well, it's time for topics. Find. All right, topics. Do. You want to do that one, Chad? I, I got to get in the mood, man. Give me a topics. Okay, give me a second. I got to. Levin's got the uh, the news thing there. You have the, the sound effects? Do we have a sound effect for news? I think so, yeah. No, I don't think so. I sent it to oh, you. Yeah. Okay, we'll just go without it. Topics! All right, all right. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, the European Union, or as the kids call it, the EU, uh, their lawbreakers have adopted new legislation aimed at guaranteeing decent, in quotes, minimum wages for all workers across the 27 nature, nation block. Minimum wage 
across the EU varies widely. The highest minimum wages are in Luxembourg, Ireland, and Germany, with the lowest in Bulgaria, Latvia, and Estonia. In the EU, 21 out of 27 countries have a statutory minimum wage, while the other six, Australia, Cyprus, Denmark, Finland, Italy, and Sweden, have wage levels that are determined through collective pay bargaining. Under the new law, mm-hmm. member companies will have to guarantee, quote, that their nation minimum wages allow workers to lead a decent life, taking into account the cost of living and wider pay levels, end quote. Guys, what do you think about the EU getting tough on minimum wage? Chad? I think they've been very tough. Not all countries, but most most countries have been much more tough on minimum wage than the United States has. If you take a look at uh, the intelligence group, uh, they just did a survey of like over 100,000 people or close to 100,000 people through through all the European countries and uh, go to intelligence group, look at their surveys. For the most part, I was astounded by the parity that was happening in some countries around wages. Uh, you know, the big question is, what's the, the, the definition of a quote unquote decent wage? According mm-hmm. to the new rules, e, you know, EU members state that they have to measure the existing lowest wage that provides a decent living, living wage. Uh, the hard part about this is, what about the countries that voted against it? You know, do does the EU have to provide manpower to audit and enforce this? Uh, if the company doesn't enforce it, or if the country doesn't enforce it, who's going to enforce it? I think it's great. And I think the EU is well beyond some of the things that we've done here in the US. Uh, but I, I just don't know of those countries who didn't vote for it, how they're going to audit, manage, and, and enforce. Yeah, there's, to me, a lot of politics in this. I mean, look, times are tough in Europe. Uh, Apparently, they're going to get really bad here in the coming months as winter uh, overtakes the continent. And when that happens, politicians like to say shit and cash shit that makes them sound really good, uh, that makes the people happy and gets them votes. And to me, this sort of reeks of political politicization of minimum wage. Like you said, Chad, what exactly does a decent living mean? I think it's very subjective. Uh, how, how are you going to gauge this? Is it going to be left up to the countries? Is Sweden going to be able to tell Estonia that they're not paying enough? And is, is Estonia going to give a shit what Sweden thinks about their wages? Um, I mean, it's very similar to the U.S. where Texas says, you know, they're a sovereign nation or what you make in Mississippi isn't the same as your buying power in in California. Um, Mm. This is it's just so politicized. I mean, they've given themselves two years to pass this. I'm guessing that in two years, one, the economy is going to be better. And number two, all these people will have won reelection and more or less will kind of forget about it. And uh, times are good and whatever. So sounds great. A lot of politics. Uh, Yeah, let's wait and see in two years if anything actually gets done. I was surprised to see the big spreads between the lowest and the highest minimum wage. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. look at Bulgaria, there's like 363 euros a month. That's the minimum wage, 363. And in Luxembourg, it's 2,313. So that's um, quite a big spread. And with the Schengen Agreement, everyone can travel around. So... I would uh, expect people from Bulgaria be happy to move to uh, to Luxembourg, of course, if they would find a job there. But it costs more to live in Luxembourg, I'm guessing. Definitely, but still, I think the the spread is too big to to make up for that. 
do you bring Luxembourg's, you set the floor, so now Estonians are going to make the f- base level that a Luxembourgian makes? No, they're not. They're not talking about going base across all the EU. They're talking about in the different countries having set up a system that's fair in that right. country. As long as uh, Estonia or whatever can say, hey, we're paying a decent wage, it's subjective. And so it's like in the States, you look at a living wage is much different in San Francisco than it is in Omaha, Nebraska. Right. But we know what those living wages are, just the mean in itself. So I I would assume the EU said they actually have that they're putting in place controls and field inspections to ensure compliance and address, you know, abusive subcontracting, uh, bogus self-employment, non-recording overtime, increased work intensity, those types of things. So it sounds like they're going to try to manage and enforce this. But man, that sounds like a hell of a lot of manpower. I think you have to set a base and then increase it for inflation year over year. Because if the U.S. just said, hey, Texas, Pay your people a living a decent wage. There's no enforcement there. I, I don't know how you would. Well, they, they know how to calculate it. We already know how to calculate what a living wage is. It's being able to enforce that it's actually happening. That's the hard part from country to country. It might be easier here from state to state, but they know how to calculate what a living wage is. For that state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, well, not just for that state, also for the um, the metro. So let's say, for instance, Austin yeah. versus Dallas versus uh, Omaha, Nebraska, right? Yeah. So the question is, Levin, you guys have, I, th- I think there's a hell of a lot more transparency in Europe than there is in the US. So to be able to set those living wages, decent wages, uh, do, do you think that is something that uh, could be fairly transparent and everybody could see fairly easily? If you want to see it, you can see it. It's published, but uh, I guess most people will never even try to find out. But if you look now, there are three groups. You have group one with a minimum wage above 1,500 euros. And Belgium is a proud, proud part of it. You have Luxembourg, Belgium, Ireland, Netherlands, Germany, and France. Those are the sixth biggest paying countries. You have group two over 1,000 euros, but lower than 1,500 with Spain, with Slovenia. And the others are below. And I was surprised to see the United States. They would be in group two on average. I'm not sure if you even know it, but... Um, at federal level, apparently, I just read it, there is 1,210 euros a month is the minimum wage in the United States. I thought it would be much more. I mean, living conditions are at least comparable with Western Europe. I guess it's more expensive in some days, some ways. With a minimum wage like that, it's not like you have a fairly decent living, I guess. Well, and those people generally who are living off that minimum wage don't have health care either. So, I mean, you're talking about an entirely different set of problems. Now, the good news is the market dictates that most salaries are above the 750 or whatever it is in the U.S., but 750 is miserably low. I think the last time we moved it was what, the Obama administration, Chad? Yep. 2010 or 11, somewhere around there? 2008, I think. Okay. Like, come on. I know. Sorry, I was thinking in Europe, the, the good thing is that uh, the economies who are growing the fastest are the small ones, the ones who are paying the least now. So probably within the coming 10 years, those average wages will grow to each other. But still, the gap is, is huge. It's not really fair. Again, we see it here in the U.S., so I'm not really surprised that it's happening in, in Europe. Although, once again, you know, just the transparency 
there's more transparency in Europe than there is here in the U.S., which means you guys can move the needle much faster than we can. Put the needle on the record. Put the needle on the record. All right, guys. How about a little buy or sell? Why don't we take a break first? All right, let's take a break and we'll play a little buy or sell. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, uh, listeners hopefully know how this works. We have three startups that have gotten money uh, recently. We do a summary, and then each of us buys or sells that startup. Are you ready to play buy or sell? Yes. Yay. First up is Benevo. The London-based company has raised $12 million in a funding round led by Updata Partners. This brings total funding to $25 million, founded in 2010, Benevo is an end-to-end employee mobility management platform. Benevo will use the funds to grow their teams in the U.S., U.K., Armenia, and India and continue to expand their unified mobility solution to address customers in key pain points. Benevo employs 94 people. Chad, are you a buy or sell on Benevo? Am I getting this right? A pivot from apartments to global mobility? Is that is that where we're, we're going right now? How, how do these people get money? Seriously, are they holding invest in investors over a barrel saying that they either give us money for a pivot or your initial investment is gone? Yep. Uh, the CEO has no experience in this space. And the pivot happened because, at least this is what, what was actually in a story, the CEO said, quote, it was a chance meeting with a, a Google HR person, not in-depth market analysis or an understanding of the industry. This feels more like a money laundering scenario than, a, than anything else. So I, I can't sell this one fast enough. This is, this is horrible. But you love the name, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Benavo. Don't even get me started on <laughs> Sounds like else. something for my prostate. Sounds like something to shrink my <laughs> prostate. Well, Chad, you know that I usually like waves that are strong and I'll take a, a mediocre surfer over a, with on a good wave better than a pro surfer on a shitty wave. And I'll give them this. They are on a good wave. However, I'm kind of with you on this, man. I, I tried really hard. Single platform. They're saying some right things. What really makes me want to sell this company, though, is that they they literally have an explainer video on the homepage about how they raised money. I've never, ever seen that before. The, the entire above the fold of their homepage, aside from like one little snippet of what they do, is how they just raised money. They have the TechCrunch article. They have their press release. I mean, that just screams of like, don't look at our stuff. We just made money or we just Yay. raised money. So give us... Uh, give us uh, your business. The single platform is hot, but this just reeks of like, our investors need a, a reason to give us more money. We need to stay alive. We're going to sell them on this one platform, mobility, whatever. And I also love the fact that they have, they call, they call automation of repetitive tasks, auto magic. So they literally have auto magic on their homepage to sell this shit that they're trying to put a lipstick on. I'm with Chad, man. Sell, sell, sell. 
Benavo and and shrink your prostate in the process. This is uh, this is this is a bad company. Yay! I'm always happy when I go into the sound bites. Okay, but um, nice explainer video, by the way. There yeah. it is. See yeah, it? yeah, yeah no, I know, I know. For the people it's watching the horrible. video, twelve million. Yeah, cool. Okay, I was kind of uh, surprised when I was looking for the company, and I first saw this Benevo cruelty-free pet foods. So I thought <laughs> this is kind of weird, but then I, I noticed it's Benevo with an I and not with an E. Benevo. So uh, we got to the right platform, and I must say I like the colors. I mean the <laughs> the magenta and uh, midnight blue. It's interesting. I liked it. I saw the scheme and I thought, okay, this looks interesting. And I actually read it. There's, um, for the people watching the video right now and. Uh, bottom left now right of your screen you can see what i'm looking at right now and i read everything and i read it with interest and then i decided to sell anyway that's about it <laughs> even though you like the colors i did like the colors yeah you're a stronger man than i am hit the boo button boo. okay where's boo where's boo yeah boo there it is there it is all right no beniver for me no sell double boo from uh from leaving all right go job a recruitment firm based in France announced a Series B round of financing to the tune of 23 million euros this week. The, that brings total funding to just over 40 million euros. With this new fundraising, GoJob will accelerate its R&D investments as well as the growth of the U.S. and French markets. The group, which describes itself as a workforce as a service platform, aims to achieve more than 60% growth by the end of the year and profitability by 2023. Founded in 2015, the company says it has more than 1,000 customers. Chad, are you a buy or sell on GoJob? I don't see the connection. It's like France and the US. Okay, we'll get to that. So Levin, this looks like a digital staffing company. Am, am I right? Uh, I think it's even just a staffing company, not even very digital. This is a staffing company who needs additional funding after one of the best markets in a generation. So leaving you're in the staffing sector. So does this sound kind of fishy to you? I mean, this has been a killer market and it sounds weird. If they want to grow, they can grow probably anywhere. They're, today, they're just active, I think, in France. As far as I know, it's just France is their major are they spreading all around Europe? I'm not sure. I know them from France. And they claim to have 500,000 people under contracts or temping, which is quite a lot. Okay, France is big, 67 million people, something like that. But still, it's a, it's a growing market. It's a good market. And they want to invest in education and training people and having people re-entering markets. So um, people who are struggling with whatever people struggle with. Is this a buy or sell, Chad? Yeah, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand it because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, then it's a sell because if you can't figure it out, it's a sell. The whole the total TAM from France to the U.S. seems like bait, and no, I'm not taking a bait. It's a sell for me. So, Chad, you know I talked on. You know, I <laughs> damn. See, it's it's addictive. I the know, buttons are I know, addictive. I know, I know. The buttons are addictive. Button, button. So, Chad, Chad, you know, I talk a lot on the show about the clock that that ticks when you take money. And mm -hmm. what stood out to me was these guys launched in 2015. 
So they're getting on that eight-year mark. Uh, maybe they get a little pressure from the uh, the past investors, make money. So now it's like, hey, we're going to grow in America, the biggest economy in the world. Well, America is not exactly clamoring for a French digital staffing agency. Okay, it's not like we're lining up like uh, we're buying baguettes uh, or croissants <laughs> from uh, from France. So so here's here's some French I do know. Fuck a yule. Okay, <laughs> this is this is a this is a bad idea. No one no one good ever makes it in the U.S. Hardly, definitely not. Yeah, what's her name again? Uh, go job. Yeah, okay. <laughs> go job. Go home. I'm a sell. And I think I already said so. I think interim in France is something Hasevichar should buy. So uh, if you don't buy them, we will someday. Someday we will buy them. I mean, but, yeah, but we won't let them go to the United States. I, I realize you're not waiting for just not a company trying to sell interim in the US, but uh, we'll keep them in France. Everyone happy. So we buy yeah. and now I can push the applause button. Where's the applause here? <laughs> yeah, we buy, we buy, we buy. And the good news, if they're, if they're 10x, then 400 million is nothing to House of HR. So that's pocket change. They'll be able to pick them up pretty easily, pretty easily. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been lukewarm on the first two. Let's see how we do on the third company. Uh, that's MVP Match, mm -hmm. the Berlin-based provider of a marketplace and community for matchmaking companies with vetted tech is 5 million euros in seed funding. MVP Match is a marketplace for companies to hire vetted tech design and product talent globally, if we're being specific. The company intends to use the funds to expand operations with a talent pool of over 6,000 professionals. MVP Match says... They're working with more than 100 companies, including tech unicorns, global enterprises, and leading professional services companies. Chad, are you a buy or sell on this MVP or are you trading it? It's developers, designers, and project managers. So very focused. About 3,000 designers, 170 projects completed, 1,200 positions filled. Uh, still small, still small for even for just Germany. Uh, but from TechCrunch, uh, quote, MVP Match plans on using the funding to grow its reach with a new hub in Egypt that MVP Match will use to tap talent in Africa with the aim of creating more networks in the region. The hubs, which include the existing ones in Lisbon, Portugal, and I've got to say this right, Tbilisi. Is that it? Is it did I say it right? Tbilisi? Tbilisi. Tbilisi. That's it. Tbilisi, Georgia. We got to get these right, right? And are intended to help its more than 100 clients hire local talent without having to establish operations in those jurisdictions. End quote. First off, I love the focus on developers, designers, and project managers. Second, building a hub in Egypt and then expanding into Portugal and Georgia is incredibly smart. Plus, those are two great wine countries, by the way. Anyway, we're always saying that when your competition zigs, you zag. Uh. So this isn't the common coming to America zig, which everybody's saying they're doing and they're bullshitting with their total addressable market. This is something that I can get behind. So MVP match is a match and a buy for me.
Yep. So yeah, I talk about waves a lot. I just talked about it five minutes ago. Uh, the whole wave of vetted uh, tech talent that can be employed all, all around the world is a wave that I love. And I love touring. I love Andela, which are companies that we talk about on the show that are doing some of the same stuff. High demand for what they're selling. Uh, sprinkle it with some uh, German engineering and attention to detail. It's a small amount to raise. I got to think that a Series A is coming early next year to the tune of 20, 25 uh, million euros. But this is a JV. I think they're going to move up to the varsity soon and start competing with the big boys at Turing and Andela and some of the others. MVP for me is a MVP in training. I'm going to buy it. There it is. Yeah. What do you think, Levin? I'm going to follow. I'm going to buy also. German, 6,000 people already working for them, going to the right markets. It's a buy. I mean, you already said everything. I'm not going to repeat it again. So uh, I'm following you. <laughs> just because it rhymes, following you, boo. No, I just pushed, I pushed the wrong button. I was supposed to push applause. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Levin, I'm curious, are, are they, to me, they look primed, uh, although they're looking at Africa and Middle East, I mean, they seem primed to really have a nice footprint in, in Europe. Agree? Yeah, but um, the choices they made aren't the most easy. I mean, Middle East, it's uh, always risky because it's not the most stable place in the world. Egypt, uh, it, it's Middle East, um, maybe a weird choice, but then again, those are the growing economies. It's also where a lot of tech talent is. Sometimes. Uh, and a lot of those sometimes. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it depends. But um, I was looking, of course, Lisbon and Portugal are, of, they make sense. Belize, Georgia and Egypt, it's, yeah, it's not the most common choice, but um, maybe that's why they are interesting to me, because it's a place where growth potential is still big. Already working with more than 100 companies, tech unicorns. It sounds good. It sounds good. And I didn't need more today to buy. I was in a buying mood. They need, they need more money, which I'm sure they're going to get here soon. Uh, did we take a break before the last story or not? I forget. Go and roll, roll right into it. All right, guys, let's talk about the queen. Uh, while parts of the world are mourning Queen Elizabeth's death, death uh, few are thinking about the economic impact her death has and will have. Queen Elizabeth's state funeral will close businesses, cancel sporting events, and redirect flights. And the estimated hit to the British economy has been reported to be 2.3 billion euros. That's $2.6 billion for our U.S. listeners. Even orientation week at Prince William and Kate's alma mater, St. Andrews, has been canceled, which reportedly will hurt universities' bottom lines from a loss of liquor sales at the student union. This, of course... With an already ailing British economy and impending energy costs this winter uh, is going to be additionally uh, painful. Tourism, however, is expected to increase in light of the Queen's passing. But I have my doubts. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on the Crown's impact and the British economy? Yeah, I say a, a week of being down is worth is going to be worth it. I think we're going to see months of individuals coming back and not just back for the funeral like today, but in waves, right? So I I think personally, the, the, the week that let's say, for instance, the Premier League isn't playing, they come back, the stadiums are going to fill up the, the flow into the, the UK itself, I think is going to be at a much larger level than it would have been in the first place. So I think this is you give away a week, and you gain months. 
So this was great for me because I've, I've heard anecdotes about, you know, it's worth it. It's not worth it. And I've never really sort of dug into the numbers. And although some of the numbers are pretty subjective, uh, I may go to London, not for the queen, but I'm going. And then I go visit, uh, you know, the, the artifacts or whatever while I'm there. So costs to Britain, uh, it costs Britain around $120 million yearly from what I uh, researched, uh, which comes out to about two or so dollars per resident. So if you ask most residents, is it worth two bucks a year to have the monarchy? I think most would say probably yes. So what does it bring in uh, to the monarchy? Um, the monarchy itself is reportedly worth $73 billion. That's all the gold and shit that they have. That's a huge amount. You could sell that shit off and, and make a good profit. Uh, the queen's net worth as an individual is 370 million pounds. A campaign group called the Republic asserted that the full annual cost of the British monarchy, I saw 120 million, 120 million to 345 million or yeah, million dollars per year. The annual income from this, from the role from the monarchy is estimated at 1.76 billion pounds. So if we're doing the math around this, uh, it's roughly 5x the return on what it costs to have the monarchy. That's a pretty good return. So uh, whereas the American in me can't understand the monarchy and thinks it's incredibly stupid, the capitalist in me says it's a good business and they should keep it around. I, I'm not sure how good the Prince or the King Charles reign is going to be. He seems fairly uh, lame and boring to me, but I do think the King, the King William era will be a huge moneymaker for, uh, for Britain. There's my take. <laughs> It's worth it. It's a good investment, Brits. Keep doing it. And I think she behaved better than most of your presidents. Easily. Easily. No, no. And you were talking about the gold. And you your have to Twitter account sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But um, you should look at the real estate. I mean, when I was in Scotland this summer, and did I already mention I love Scotland? When I was in Scotland this <laughs> summer, I went uh. to visit Balmoral just a few weeks before she arrived and died. I mean, it's, it's, it's a coincidence, of course, but still touching. But um, see, they have so much, um, they have the gold you're talking about, but also all those castles, the heritage. I love it. I'm a sucker for old school monarchy. I think it's totally undemocratic. I mean, my kids could never become kings or they should marry a princess, so they'll never become kings. It's old school, it's outdated, but it's tradition. And we in Europe, we love tradition. So is it, will it have an impact on the economy? Probably not. I mean, it's just a protocol. I'm still, it's the end of an era. I'm sad she's gone. Not really sad, but it's, she's old enough, 96. I'm, I'm sure she had a good life, but anyway. Think of all the shit she's seen, man. World War II, oh, Cold War. Churchill. Churchill. Stalin. She knew Churchill. fucking Churchill. Yeah, I Stalin, know, yeah. Churchill. Yeah. I mean, God, yeah. come on, man. Those yeah. are the days. Yeah, of course. I'm sure she had an opinion on it, on everything. Can you name the only U.S. president she did not meet with? Oh. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Random American quiz. There you go. Who was in rain when she was, because there were so many presidents she didn't meet. That she was alive for. Yeah, Obviously, that, George Washington, I mean, of course, yeah, she never yeah, met. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The only one she never met as queen was LBJ. Okay, and why? Was that a Vietnam issue? I mean, did she not meet well, with them? Hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? Something like that. Knowing LBJ, as, as I know from history, I'm not sure he would have cared a lot about meeting the queen. And uh, I'm not sure she would have cared much about meeting him. 
But yeah, I'm sure Vietnam had something to do with it. Civil rights. I don't know. Maybe just didn't have time. <laughs> she's busy. She She's a busy lady. He's busy. Anywho, guys, our first video podcast, how do we feel about it? A little rough. I think we, we could do better. I'm really sure we could do better. <laughs> it's our first time. Come on, give yeah. us a break. We're used to so, we're used to we're used to this audio thing. This video thing's new. It's okay. Uh, someday, no. someday we're going to look at this and say, "Damn, we sucked." But yeah. by then, we will be so good that we won't mind. Well, go back to our very first podcast oh, and don't. listen to that one versus <laughs> the ones that we put out today, and you'll say, "Okay, yeah." I will say that this this is better as a first than our first podcast was as a first. <laughs> Easily. Easily. But I'll let I'll let the listeners and the viewers decide. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.